Welcome to another episode of the Elaine Podcast. I am your host, the one and the only Emisha. So today's topic of the day is Black History Special Part 3. So to start our conversation about Black excellence, I want to talk to you guys about this movie called Stormy Weather. It was released in 1943 and it is a black film and it's like one of the very few black films that were created during that time. Remember, this is 1943, so this is a different period. And the black actors in this film did an amazing job. Their acting was on point. The All of the things about the film were just amazing to me when it comes down to the music selection. Score was amazing. Choreography was amazing. Just how each music selection was put together was amazing. And it's like every time they would sing, it was a full production. And it was as if they were putting on an actual show, as if you would go to an auditorium and they were performing on a stage. But we get to see it through a different lens because we're not physically there and we could actually um, see the different angles of the cameras. And so the whole production in itself is now taken to the next level because we're able to see each formation for what they are and the visual that um, you wouldn't necessarily be able to see if you were actually sitting there watching them perform on the stage. And You see those techniques that they used in this film throughout film history and it's other movies that you can be able to see similarities as far as to how choreography is with a group of people to make different shapes and different, um, just different things. You have to watch the movie to see it and then you will understand. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to the cast members. So let me head over to read y'all the cast members. So we had Lena Horn, Lena, excuse me. <clears throat> so we had Lena Horn, Bill Robinson, Cab Calloway and his Cotton Club Orchestra, Catherine Dunham and her troupe, Fats Waller, the Nicholas Brothers, Dooley Wilson, and Ada Brown had all of those amazing black figures in this film. So go check out Stormy Weather and let me know how y'all feel about it because I love the movie and I feel like it is um, something that is a part of our black history and it's just amazing and film in the 1940s, it's completely different how film is now, but you can definitely see the influences of the movies now to those movies then when it comes down to black entertainment and black film and black media. Um, as far as like how the women carry themselves, as far as how the camera views the woman, um, how the... Um, 
the camera uses different angles and um, different placements and set design and all of that great stuff. So check out Stormy Weather. I feel like you guys will definitely appreciate that because that's not something that's really talked about. And I feel like we need to start watching and um, viewing more black art. So Stormy Weather is a movie that you can watch from the 1940s. Okay, time to get in some deep, deep stuff about these race riots of the 1960s. So when I was reading an article in the New York Times, and I'm going to put it up because I want to read a little bit of the text for you all. Okay, so the race riots swept the nation's cities. From the 1964 to 1971, there were more than 750 riots, killing 228 people and injuring 12,741 others. After more than 15,000 separate incidents of arson, Many black urban neighborhoods were in ruins. Okay, so not only did the race riots destroy homes and businesses, it resulted in 50 million in property damages in Detroit alone. So just imagine how much went down during that period of time. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of damage. And it's just crazy how we are able to look back at previous movements, previous riots, and be able to see why in today's society people are doing the exact same things. And I feel like people thought that we were eventually going to get to a place where we don't riot, we don't protest, and all this other stuff. And I just feel like that's going to be hard to get to a place where we can all agree upon no more protesting, no more riots. I just feel like for the rest of American history, there's always going to be someone trying to um, voice their opinion and they have the right to voice that opinion and they are able to state how they feel and they have the right to do that. So I feel like there is not going to be a moment where everyone agrees upon the policies that are being put in place. Everyone's not going to agree on the decisions that the people in power make. And if they don't agree with what is being put in place, they have their right to voice their opinion opposing what is being said. And that's just how America has set up this country. They have set it up in a way where people are able to do and say things that they want um, 
And I just feel like sometimes protests and riots do escalate to the next level. But there are examples of nonviolent protests. And I feel like as long as we can get to a point where we are using nonviolent protests, I feel like it'll be an easier way to not have to deal with so much loss and damages. But that is a touchy, touchy topic. And I just wanted to inform you guys about the race riots of the 1960s, just in case you had not heard about it before and you want to go do your own research. I highly suggest that you go and do your own research about that. Um, it's plenty of articles and information. And if you're a student, you can be able to go to certain websites where you have um, legal documents and legal and other forms of text that not everybody has access to. And you'll be able to read um, more articles and books and excerpts that, you know, everybody can't just search on Google because those documents are, you know, protected. Okay, so moving forward, I also wanted to talk about black student movement of the 1960s and 70s. So in the 1960s and 70s, we had the black student movement. And so I just wanted to tell you guys a little bit about the black student movement. I'm going to pull up the website. Okay, so I'm gonna read y'all a little a little bit from um, a journal article called The Black Scholar, and this is coming from Volume Nine, um, and it's on the Black Student Movement, 1960 through 1970s. So this is by Mohammed Ahmad. In this text, it talked about the black student movement of the 1960s and the early 70s. And so pretty much the black student movements in America, they were all over America. And they pretty much followed the black student community. And pretty much the black student movements, they were around the same time that the black movements were around. So in order to understand the black student movements in the 1960s, you have to first go back and look at the civil rights movement. And everybody knows, or you at least you should know a little bit about the civil rights movement. And just to touch on it a little bit, I'm not going to go too much into it today because I just want to talk about the black student movements today. Um, as you know, Rosa Parks refused to give her seat up on a bus, and then that led to the Montgomery movement, and that was around uh, 1955. So that was the era of the civil rights movement, the Montgomery boycott. Then, you know, that's also Martin Luther King and all of that great stuff. But we could talk about 
all of that at a later date. And so I wanted to talk about um, a nonviolent protest that took place February 1st um, in 1960. So four freshman students at A&T College in Greensboro, North Carolina, sat in a segregated lunch counter in downtown. This marked a, a key moment. And after those four students sat at that segregated lunch counter, later on, sit-ins, they spread across 15 cities in five southern states. Within the following year, over 50,000 people, most were black, some white participated in some kind of demonstration or another in a hundred, and over 3,600 demonstrators spent time in jail. In a year, several hundred lunch counters had been desegregated in southern cities. So by those four freshmen sitting down at that counter that led to other black people and white people coming together and making a stance and sitting in those segregated areas and this led up to a lot of lunch counters becoming desegregated and I just wanted to touch on the topic of segregation. Um, segregation, just thinking about how I would feel if I had to choose between a white and a black bathroom or a white and a black water fountain. Um, little things like that that I am thankful that the people before me have set certain standard for us and now we don't have to endure those type of inequalities. And so I just wanted to just touch on the topic of segregation and introduce those of you who may not know about the Black Student Movement. Um, do your own research, like I always say, and learn a little bit more about Black student movements and how they have structured um, Black culture and how much impact they have had all across America. So, I think that's enough for the Black history segment for today subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast follow us on spotify make sure you search anisha and the elaine podcast will come up and don't forget to give me five stars and leave a review let's talk about it all right so my man my man crush is quincy if you don't know who Quincy is, then you just don't know who Quincy is. And that's my man, y'all. <sighs> I just hope that one day I get a chance to shoot my shot 
because he is fine, y'all. He is so fine and he's talented. And if I ever had the opportunity, I would definitely take it. So that's my man crush. Gotta give him a shout out because he is fine, y'all. He is fine. All right, let's talk about this. Financial status in a relationship. So, I took it to Instagram and I asked you guys, how do y'all feel about financial status in relationships? And so, someone said, both have to carry their lifestyle they want to live. Someone else said it shouldn't matter as long as both are working towards their goals. And then someone else said it's important, but if you're not planning on building together, it's no point of being together. All right. So I just want to reply to the first response. So he said both have to carry their lifestyle they want to live. So I feel like if you are in a relationship, I definitely believe that both people should definitely um, invest in the lifestyle that they choose for themselves individually and also together. So, but that's if you're in a relationship, you know, if you're not in a relationship, then I feel like it's not your responsibility to carry the lifestyle of the other person. Um, and what I mean by that is I feel like if y'all are not together, then you can't expect the other person to, you know, do everything for you or whatever. But if you're in a relationship, I feel like everybody goes through ups and downs. So it's like maybe your partner may be down right now and, you know, you up. So now you are going to be able to be there for them. And then when it's, you know, your turn and you're down and they're up, they're going to be, they're going to be able to be there for you. And it's, that, I feel like that's what would be a healthy relationship. But, you know, most situations don't be like that. I wouldn't say most. I'm just going to say some. Some relationships don't be like that. And it's like one of the persons in the relationship is dependent on the other person. And that is where sometimes it causes problems. Unless it is a, an agreement where maybe the man doesn't want his wife to work and that's just something that they have agreed upon and that's their relationship then that's that thing where he is ultimately saying that he's going to be responsible for their lifestyle as a couple and also her lifestyle as an individual but that's just that relationship and you know that's just that situ type of situation and then the other person said it shouldn't matter as long as y'all both working towards your goals. And I agree upon that. I feel like me personally, when I'm looking for a partner, I'm not necessarily like going to say, oh, because you don't make X amount of dollars per year, 
that means that I don't want to be with you or that I won't be with you or whatever. Um, but I feel like as long as you are achieving your goals and you are at least working towards getting to a place to, you know, be financially stable, I feel like that's all that matters. And like, at least you ain't just not bringing in anything. You see what I'm saying? Like if you just not doing nothing and you just sitting at home every day, not, not at least doing something, whether that's a part-time, full-time, whatever, like if you're just doing nothing, then I feel like that's not going to work. But if you are constantly putting in work, putting in effort, being consistent and, you know, going hard, then I can't be mad at that. And it's like, for me personally, I'm not nowhere near where I want to be in life. And I wouldn't want someone to look down on me and feel like, um, I, they don't want to be in a relationship with me because of my financial status. I feel like that's kind of, that's kind of, I wouldn't want somebody to view me as less because of my financial status. That's what I'm trying to say. So that's a touchy, 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 touchy topic. And then as far as the point that was made, if you're not planning on building together, there's no point of being together. I highly agree with that as well. Like I feel like for me, my next relationship, I feel like I want it to be the person that I want to build with, somebody that I want to um, grow with and we come together and, you know, make a solid foundation and I definitely feel like if you don't see that with me if you don't see me as the person that is gonna build legacy and generational wealth with then I'm just not the person for you and that's okay because it's gonna be somebody else out there that our goals align with one another and we're going to be able to build a wonderful relationship and friendship that, you know, will be beautiful. And, you know, hopefully, you know, that, that'll be the person that I marry, the man that we have decided to build something bigger than ourselves and more aligned to our purpose and our mission in life. Um, so if we're not doing that, then there's no point. It's, it's definitely no point of being together. But I, I did say that sometimes, sometimes, you know, certain situations are meant to happen in a lifetime. And it's like, I feel like we're supposed to date certain people, whether it was for I feel like we're supposed to date certain people for a period of time sometimes I feel like some people are just temporarily supposed to be in our lives to teach us lessons and to help us grow and to evolve into the next chapter and the next 
um, phases in our life. So that's just that on that. Y'all let me know how y'all feel about financial status in a relationship. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram so that y'all are able to um, reply and get your responses in on the podcast. All right, so Valentine's Day is coming up, ladies and gentlemen, and I am having a Valentine's Day sale. And so I wanted to pick a gift that can keep on giving. And we have the Klarna app. And with the Klarna app, you will be able to go on there, search www.theelainebrand.com. And once you search my website, you can click on my website, pull it up, shop like regularly. And when you go to checkout, it will lead you to follow instructions on how to add your card information so that you are able to split your payment into four payments. Yes, you'll be able to go ahead and purchase your hair, purchase your lashes, get it today, but you can spread your payment, making four payments over, I think it is a six-week period, so you have to pay every two weeks. So, head over to the Klarna app, download it, search www.theelanebrand.com. And get you some bundles, honey. Get you some lashes. Um, and if you need to contact customer service, make sure you email shop at the elainebrand.com. All right, so we're going to take a trip down memory lane. So, y'all, I just spoke to a friend of mine. And I met him like two years ago. And we met on a cruise. So we're going to call him Cruise Bay. So I met Cruise Bay. And when I met him, like I just thought he was so freaking cute. And I had been looking around the boat, seeing, you know, the people that were around my age and trying to get to know people. And I'm happy I was single at that time because I feel like if I wasn't single, I would have definitely missed out on meeting and a nice guy. And because like when I'm in relationships, I be real loyal and I don't I don't really be trying to talk to people like I'm not going to be mean. But I'm not really going to be, like, flirting and, like, actually trying to get to know them or nothing like that. So, I was happy I was single. But I was, like, freshly single. Like, I probably got out their relationship a couple months before I met him. So, it was still new. I was still getting out there, still getting used to being single or whatever. And I just feel like if... I was the Amisha that I am today, then, child, it would have been a totally different, a totally different cruise, I feel like, because, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that, but um, what I liked about him was that he was just very um, attentive, and he had great conversation. He asked great questions. 
Um, he was funny, made me laugh. Uh, we had a good time. The time that we did spend together, I remember we had went to a party that was on a cruise and we were dancing. He could dance and, you know, I was, you know, twerking and all of that other stuff. And I just had a good time. We was drinking, vibing, having great conversation. And it was just always good energy um, every time we was together. And then, like, just recently, you know, I see him looking good. So I just, you know, I had to slide in the DMs. And I was just like, hey, how you doing? You know, trying to catch up or whatever. Boom, text my number, and all of that. So, yeah, might have a new one added to the roster, but I don't know. We're going to see y'all. He from, I don't want to be giving out too much information. Just know he's not from Georgia. So, I really want to go visit him. I'm trying to get flued out, y'all. So, if y'all can give me some tips on how to get flued out, give your girl some tips on how to get flued out. Because if I could get flued out to go see him, that would be a great little vacation for me. Great little experience for me. For the both of us, actually. And... You know, we could just chill, vibe, you know, talk, catch up. Because it's been a minute since we done seen each other. And, you know, I don't know. I'm going to keep y'all updated on that whole situation. But, yeah, y'all. Okay. Call 678-460-6706. You can have a conversation with me about anything you want. You can promote your business, shout out to a friend or family member, or ask for advice. Y'all, give me some questions to talk to me about y'all relationships, about y'all friendships. Y'all need advice on school, anything. Ask me anything. You can hit me up in the DMs. Um, uh, or you can send an email to the elainebrand at gmail.com and type up your story now read your story and give you advice so yeah because i don't have one for today so that's why i'm just letting y'all know all right last segment for this evening stay in your lane so today i wanted to read you guys the 13th amendment of the constitution and being it Black History Month, I feel like the 13th Amendment is something that everybody needs to know. And I feel like we've definitely, I feel like everyone has definitely learned about the Constitution. They know about some of the amendments. But this amendment abolished slavery. And the 13th Amendment reads, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. So I was taking a law class 
and we had a book that had the constitution in there and I started reading the constitution and I honestly can say and I'm just going to be very transparent right now I did I've haven't in my lifetime really sat down and read the constitution and the constitution is just disturbing in in itself and I just want to draw that to you guys' attention because if you haven't taken time to really read the Constitution of the United States, I suggest that you take maybe 10, 15 minutes once a week to just read a portion of the Constitution and just learn a little bit about that piece, that, um, what am I trying to say? The Constitution is the law. It is the written piece of document that states certain facts about this country and how it was built and how it was structured and the fact that we had to have a 13th amendment where we had to tell people that slavery is no longer okay and therefore that means at one point it was so with that being said i'm just gonna leave it at that so just want y'all to marinate on the 13th amendment of the constitution that abolished slavery thank you for tuning in once again for another episode of the elaine podcast like i said at the beginning i am your host the one and the only amisha and i'm gonna talk to y'all in the next podcast